Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders in the sports event industry. This is Jason Gewertz, Vice President of the North Star Meetings Group Sports Division and the Executive Editor and Publisher of Sports Travel. And our guest on this episode is Wayne Moss, the Executive Director of the National Council of Youth Sports, whose members serve an estimated 60 million registered participants in organized youth sports programs. Wayne will be discussing the Council's work in youth sports, the most pressing issues facing the industry, and the upcoming advocacy work around National Youth Sports Week, which is October 24th through the 29th. But before we begin, this episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizers and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 22 will be held at the Oklahoma City Convention Center in Oklahoma City, October 24th through the 27th. This year's conference will once again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee's SportsLink program and NG best practices seminar, as well as the annual symposium of the National Congress of State Games. In addition, as we'll discuss in this episode, the National Council of Youth Sports will partner with teams for a reception for its members and will take part in our own programming around youth sports during the conference. For more details on everything we have planned at Teams this year, please visit teamsconference.com. And now, on to the conversation. Wayne Moss began his career in sports on the professional side, working for the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Orioles, before taking the call to service and joining the recreation divisions in his hometown of Cleveland and later DeKalb County, Georgia. He then worked 15 years at the Boys and Girls Clubs of America, where he led program planning and assessment efforts. And in 2018, he was appointed the executive director of the National Council of Youth Sports, which works to promote the essential role that youth sports play in America with a goal of enhancing the experience of all participants by reducing barriers and creating safe environments. And that's no small task. With issues such as ensuring athlete safety, increasing participation rates, finding enough qualified coaches and volunteers, and providing adequate access to organized sports, the youth sports landscape is riddled with challenges left and right. And yet, there of course remain opportunities thanks to the work of the National Council of Youth Sports and others in the space. As part of its advocacy efforts, the Council will be promoting National Youth Sports Week in late October, with an emphasis on all the things the organization stands for in its efforts to get more kids involved in sports and to provide them a safe atmosphere in which to do so. In this discussion, we'll talk about all the work that this incredible organization is doing on the ground, what more can be done, and the challenges and opportunities that await. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Wayne Moss, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. And thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited. Yeah, this is a terrific, Wayne. We at Sports Travel Magazine and our, our team's conference, of course, just recently announced a, a great new partnership with the National Council of Youth Sports, which has us very excited. We have been uh, following your organization for years in the magazine, and the topics that are near and dear to you are really near and dear to us while we cover sports at all levels uh, in our magazine and at our content and our, at our team's conference. I think most of the destinations that are part of our audience and certainly the sports organizations realize that youth sports in particular is really the bread and butter of everything. Uh, you know, everything that happens above that really starts at that intro level, and there are no shortage of uh, issues, concerns, opportunities, you name it. And when we talk about this enormous field of youth sports, and you guys really are at the forefront. So uh, for one, super exciting to be partnering with you guys at our team's conference this year. Uh, looking forward to that. And looking forward to this discussion, Wayne, as we talk uh, about youth sports, things that you're involved with 
day to day and that we follow and, and jump into from time to time. So uh, I think this will be a terrific discussion. I think it'll be eye opening uh, probably for for some of our audience. And I think it'll wherever we go with it, I think it's going to hit on a lot of themes that are near and dear to the people who read sports travel and and attend the team's conference. So, uh, Wayne, just you know, for starters, great to partner with you and uh, just terrific to have some time with you again this morning. Yeah, absolutely. And the feeling is uh, definitely mutual. have been tracking what you all do and you all are preeminent in the space. And so we are so excited about this partnership and uh, joining the, uh, the team's family. And we look forward to engaging not only this year, but over the course of, of time. So I think this is a, a great marriage and uh, <laughs> a looking forward to all that we may be able to do together because, you know, we've got mutual interests. Yeah, absolutely. So Wayne, before we begin, for those who are not familiar with you, just looking at your background as well, uh, you've been with National Council of Youth Sports now for a number of years, but your background's interesting uh, as well. You spent quite a bit of time with the Boys and Girls Clubs, I saw. You've been in Parks and Rec. You've been in professional sports. Uh, for those who are not familiar with you, Wayne, and even for my enlightenment as well, just talk to me briefly about your journey to get to the National Council of Youth Sports. What's What's your background? What was your interest in it in the first place? Yeah, you know, so I've always had an interest in sports. You know, I, I go back to uh, when I was uh, a little kid, just like many, love sports. And I can remember my mother, as I was growing up, she used to tell me all the time, boy, leave that sports stuff alone. You know, you need <laughs> to focus on something that's going to take you someplace in life. And when I got to college, I actually was a journalism major. Uh, with the intention of becoming a sports journalist, which I did. Yeah, I noticed that uh, in your background as well. Those things tend to jump out. Yeah, at me. <laughs> I had the great fortune or misfortune of putting a couple of afternoon newspapers out of business. That'll tell you uh, <laughs> how old I am. So I put a newspaper out of business in Cleveland, uh, my hometown. And also the other, I went to work for the Lexington Leader, which merged with the Lexington Herald to become the Herald Leader. And I lost my job in that. And so that part of my career was short-lived. I actually spent, some, you know, went to graduate school, got a master's in sports administration and spent some time in uh, professional football with the Lions and uh, the Cleveland Browns, again, my home team. Very brief time with the Baltimore Orioles. And then I really, you know, made this transition into service. And at that point, it was uh, work with the leading the city of Cleveland. Cleveland's Recreation Division, DeKalb County Parks and Rec uh, here in parts of Metro Atlanta. And then ultimately, you know, for 15 years, I led out on the uh, with the Boys and Girls Clubs of America, its sports, fitness and recreation programs. And interestingly enough, the thing that I learned or one of the things that I learned, you know, at BGCA is that while program is important, if we're interested in uh, systemic change, we actually have to hit a number of levers. You know, we have to hit levers at the individual level, at that organizational level, at the community level, and then also at the policy level. So all of those things are a big part of creating sustainable change. And that's what really had me excited about the opportunity with the National Council of Youth Sports. Yeah, well, I want to touch on some of those themes here as we continue along. Let's chat, Wayne, about the National Council of Youth Sports. What's interesting to me when you look at the members of your organization, obviously there are sports organizations uh, across the board. You've got you know, parks and recreation uh, departments, NGBs, 
uh, those types of groups. But it's interesting to me that you have a group of membership that are convention and visitor bureaus that are uh, destinations as well. So I'm I'm curious about that. Let's just talk a little bit about who your members are. You know what the organization is, and and that particular aspect. Uh, you know the thought of bringing cities that are hosting all of these events is intriguing to me on a number of levels. Yeah, absolutely. So our membership is varied, uh, as is the sports sector. And so as you pointed to, there are a number of national community-based organizations, those Pop Warners and AAUs. There are also localized mom and pop kind of community-based organizations. There are those national governing bodies that are both in and outside of the Olympic movement, like USA Lacrosse and USA Artistic Swimming, if you will, inside of the Olympic movement, park and rec departments, and also those destination marketing organizations. So all totaled, those you know our members serve some 60 million young people registered into sport. You know, so again, that's a duplicated number, but again, 60 million young people spread across our varied members that are really engaged in sport. And so, you know, one of the areas for us that we're really interested in in growing and really connecting at a much deeper level is with the destination marketing organizations. And so that's, again, one of the reasons why we're thrilled about our engagement at Teams. So we begin to deepen that level of engagement. Yeah, I think those maybe outside the sports industry may not necessarily make that connection of the importance and the role just that a, a host city or a venue plays in the in the ecosystem here of, of you know that youth sports experience. Obviously, the, the kids are getting coached, they're getting instructions in their sports, but for those who are actually going to events or or competing in events, that's uh, that's part of the journey as well. Just being able to travel and having a safe experience and a, a valuable experience once you get there. Absolutely. I mean, the youth sport business has become a $19 billion industry. And so a lot of that is inside of travel to various places to participate. And it's interesting, you know, for us, one of the things that we think about is how do we also help begin to support those destination marketing organizations? So for example, safety is a uh, critical pillar uh, for the National Council of Youth Sports. And there are issues that that come up that some destination marketing organizations, some DMOs may not be thinking about because they're in the business of hosting and recruiting and, and all of those kind of things. But in this litigious society that we're in, there are all things that we need to be concerned about, both on the physical safety side, as well as, uh, you know, the potential abuse side and the preparation side and and all of those things. So think there's a a place for all of us to come together to bring all of our unique assets, our unique experiences, our unique assets to ultimately make the youth sport experience a safer one, a better one, and one that young people get the kind of benefits that participating in sport can provide. Right. Well, uh, obviously, we know and our industry knows the benefits of uh, of sports, uh, particularly for for children. And yet, uh, as we touched on earlier, Wayne, there are no shortage of challenges in this space. Uh, we know, you know, kids aren't playing enough uh, when they are playing; they, they're not protected, you know, enough as they can be. Uh, parents are a challenge sometimes in themselves. Shortage of coaches, referees, safety issues, of, of course. I'm curious what these conversations are like on a day-to-day basis at the National Council of Youth Sports. I mean, you must have to sort of carve out time for all of these things. But I'm wondering, Wayne, kind of 
uh, of all of these things, what's the biggest priority for you at, uh, at the moment? Or are all of these things just part of the the day-to-day conversation uh, that you guys are, are dealing with and trying to advance here? Yeah, they, they are all a part of the day-to-day conversation that we're having. You know, and it's interesting, you talk about the benefits of youth sport. And I would say that while in general, there's an appreciation for the benefits of sport, I think for many, there's still a sense that Sports is still sort of like fun and games. I go back to what my mother said when I was eight, and that's, hey, you know, make sure you do something that's going to take you far in life. And when I think about the engagement of young people in organized sports and the benefits that, when done properly, that can provide for young people from certainly a physical health perspective, but also the social, emotional, leadership skills. All of the things that actually make a difference in terms of the impact on society. You know, and it's interesting because just today I was listening to the news as I was getting ready for work. And there was a a report that came out that reading and mathematics scores have dropped significantly. And there are reasons for that, obviously. But one of the things that I think most folks don't realize is that when you stack up a youth athlete compared to his or her peer who doesn't participate, youth athletes tend to score better, do better academically in school, do better from all of the health metrics and so forth. And so just when I look at the benefits perspective, and I think it's important for us to begin to talk about the benefits that participation confers, because at the end of the day, I fundamentally believe that this can also help deal with some of the issues that we're grappling with in society. So that's the first thing that I would say. Mm-hmm. And you know, then certainly there are other issues that we can jump into relative to safety and, and all of those things. Yeah, well, we'll get there in a moment. Let's stick on participation for a moment, Wayne. Uh, numbers go up and down. You know, We see them as well. Uh, obviously, different sports become more popular over time. Access to sports becomes uh, easier or harder. As time goes on, but this is sort of the existential challenge here. I think for all is to to make sure that the largest majority of kids are are participating, are staying active, even if they're not playing travel ball or quite at that level. At least getting them started here. What's in your opinion, Wayne, right now are sort of the main challenges here at getting kids one interested in sports, and then the, you know the bigger, maybe stickier issue is sticking to it and having it last for a while. We see plenty of examples and and stats of kids who get started and for any number of reasons just drop it somewhere along the journey and don't continue. Yeah, first and foremost, I would say that there's probably that the, given that uh, we live in a fragmented uh, youth sports ecosystem. I would say that the lack of a North Star around outcomes is one of the central issues, you know. So if, in fact, you know, I think about I've got a 20-year-old son who, you know, grew up playing sports, was a wrestler along with a lacrosse player. And I'm telling you the thing, it was three-time state qualifier in wrestling, played on a championship lacrosse team. But the thing that, and all of that's great, and you know, excited about it, proud of them for it. But the thing that actually I really thought most about was the things that he was learning along the way that would make a big difference for him, you know, when he becomes an, an adult, as he grows into adulthood here. And I think with the focus on that, 
you know, that begins to eliminate some of the challenges that we have in the space, you know, because it then doesn't necessarily be become about, hey, did you win the U9 championship or uh, did you travel to Florida to participate in this tournament? And all of those things are great, but there is a focus to be had on the development of young people across the board. So what we do know is that 70% of young people are dropping out of sport by the age of 13 and that the average career, if you will, of a young person is three years. If, in fact, we begin to just deal with the experience, the outcomes, and the focus on the approach, those numbers will increase both in terms of the length involved, the tenure, and ultimately the benefits that are conferred through that process. So, I mean, again, I could just, you know, we could riff on that, but that's one issue that I think is front and center. And, you know, again, there there are a number of other issues that are part of this process. Yeah. Just one last question, I guess, on, on this topic. Do you guys track or do you get concerned when you see certain sports either rising or falling in, in popularity? I mean, does it necessarily concern you, say, if one year, you know, basketball is up or baseball is down? Or is it a a matter of just making sure kids have enough access to the widest variety of sports that that may be out there? I mean, these things all have their natural cycles, it seems, of popularity. And and that gets down to access as well, just what opportunities kids have to even get introduced to different sports. Yeah, absolutely. So for us, I mean, we're primarily concerned about the overall participation in, in sport and young people having the opportunity to participate in lots of different opportunities. Uh, a lot of different sports and, you know, the whole notion of free play, you know, that's something that's sort of from a a bygone era, you know, when we all kind of went out to the neighborhood park or out in the street and kind of sorted things out ourselves. There is a space for free play and spontaneous play. So we're concerned about the overall picture. You know, we'll leave it to those individual organizations that are steeped in the individual sports uh, around the ebb and flow. But for us, it's, you know, the bigger picture is really one around access. And for me, this really is a social justice issue because there are many in our communities that don't have access because either they've been priced out or don't have access in a variety of ways or may not just even have the wherewithal to be thinking about the sport that's not unique to their community, if you will. Well, we talked about safety earlier. This is obviously an enormous topic. We could spend uh, an entire uh, podcast or a multiple podcasts just talking about this issue. We've written about it certainly in the magazine and followed the rise of safe sport, you know, at the Olympic uh, level. But we know this is an issue, of course, going all the way down to the youth level. Wayne, how much of your time is spent on this one area? It seems like as time goes on, this is just becoming more and more important. We believe that safety is uh, foundational to the youth sport experience. You, You can't do anything else unless a young person, you can't do it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless a young person is not only physically safe, but they're also uh, socially and emotionally safe. And, you know, that runs the gamut in terms of what that looks like. We've got three and a half million young people who, you know, sustain in- injuries such that it takes them to the hospital on an annual basis. And when you think about the uh, the you know, injuries are a part of the game. However, it's been estimated that half of those injuries are preventable. And so one of the things that we're doing, we're working with AOSSM around attempting to reduce the number of 
sports injuries by providing resources and helping organizations to understand how they should be thinking about injuries, what they should be doing to you know prepare for and mitigate them. So that's one piece of it. Clearly, you know, the physical abuse is an issue. Uh, we certainly, there's a lot of attention that we see uh, in the national governing body world. In the community-based world, we don't see as much of that. We've been talking with the uh, U.S. Center for Safe Sport around the possibility of engagement that helps to drive those resources to community-based organizations in a way that helps those issues that they are so great at uh, from an educational perspective, again, bringing those to the forefront so that we can help parents and coaches and administrators understand some of the, uh, some of the key issues. Hey, one last thing about that I, I want to point to. We've got a, um, a five-part safety series that we're about to release in the coming weeks as a run-up to the National Youth Sports Week. And it really is highlighting some of the most critical issues around safety. You know, first of all, why it's important. Secondly, background screening is, as a first line of defense. You know, looking at issues around, you know, the Safe Sport Act and what it is, uh, how it applies to you, thinking about and shedding a light on grooming and what that is and some things that parents and uh, administrators should be looking out for. And then finally, you know, looking at things like the minor policies that the uh, U.S. Center for Safe Sport provides. Again, we'll be outlining those specific issues, beginning to unpack them, and then ultimately uh, pulling a webinar together to bring it all together uh, to help folks understand some foundational kind of issues. Yeah, you raised a number of interesting points there, Wayne. As we said, in the I think in the national governing body world, and obviously the, many of, if not all of them, have a youth sports component. But of course, they're also focused on the elite level, and that's where most people see these sorts of things. Uh, over the last number of years now, with the creation of the U.S. Center for Safe Sport, there's an infrastructure in place, at least, to try to address these issues. And at community-based organization level, I would imagine that is still a challenge just to get that education out there and give some of those groups really just a, a place to start to even be thinking about it. That's an interesting area and one that I imagine has lots of opportunity for you and your organization to just be out there messaging and, and just helping a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, clearly we've come a long ways in terms of physical abuse and the like, and we've got a long ways to go. You know, there was a time where folks you know, just couldn't believe that something like that might happen in their community with their organization and with their trusted coaches and so forth. And yet we know that that happens every day. Uh, and so, yes, there's much ground to be taken in that arena. And then there are other things that we need to be looking out for, you know, as, as we think about what's the, you know, what's the peer-to-peer -peer engagement. And the U.S. Center for Safe Sport came out with uh, their report, I think, a year and a half ago. And you know, they outline some of the issues that arise from athletes and peer-on-peer -peer engagement abuse was something that, again, things that folks typically don't think about. We simply want to provide uh, the awareness, make sure that folks understand what the issues are, help provide and point folks to the appropriate resources. So ultimately, trusted individuals, parents, coaches, administrators can then act appropriately. Yeah. And you, you talked earlier, Wayne, just about uh, physical injuries as well. I think 
We've been sort of tracking that from a distance, even in our publication, this notion of increased specialization, uh, kids that are so focused on one sport and kind of stay in that sport with high aspirations or maybe good intentions from their parents you know, to steer them in one direction. But we have seen time and again, even within the Olympic movement and, and outside of that as well, the need and the uh, the messaging, the importance of messaging to uh, give kids a access to a variety of sports uh, as they continue on their journey. Uh, I have a 12-year-old son myself. We just kind of take his lead you know, on where where he wants to go over time, which you know, can change from year to year. But I recognize that that's not uh, necessarily the case uh, for everyone. And and there's, a, I, I would imagine, still a certain pressure out there that if a kid is playing one particular sport to keep them in that sport, which may provide a risk of injuries if you're doing the same repetitive things over and over again. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and when we think about, you know, what happens from a specialization perspective, again, you and I are both parents, there's a natural pull to ensure that you're doing the right thing for your kid. I remember when, you know, my young man was in kindergarten, you know, we're already having conversations about what college he's going to. And you don't want to miss out on anything that might stop your child from, you know, ascending to the highest levels that they can ascend to. And it's the same in sport. We want to see them do as well as possible. And there is that downward pressure. There's some economic pressures in some cases. There are also some well-meaning pressures, I think, as well. You know, if X is good, then 2X is better, and then 10X is ultimate. But what we know, the data proves out, is the young people that aren't participating in a variety of sports that are involved in one thing exclusively Several things are, are going to happen. Either they are going to get injured, and the, the facts prove out we've got more young people with Tommy John surgery than yeah. this used to be surgery for collegiate or definitely professionals. But now we've got young people who uh, are getting that surgery. So either they're going to, they, they will get hurt or they're going to get burnt out. And yeah. I don't know how many stories, I hear countless stories about how hey, we spent all this time, energy, money on these opportunities. And then, uh, you know, my young person, you know, got to be a senior in high school or is moving on to college and, you know, they don't want to play anymore. You know, it's mm-hmm. just just not fun anymore. So, you know, we all need a refresh and a re- you know, respite from whatever it is that we do. Yeah. I I mean, it goes to parenting uh, as well. I mean, we've certainly seen the best and worst of that over time, just some parents either pushing their kids and and behavior of parents, even at uh, events and and tournaments. I mean, that that leads to all kinds of other issues when we talk about coaches and and referees and their willingness to be involved with it based on some of the things that they have to deal with, uh, you know, (laughs) at at the youth sports level with parents who are probably well-intentioned, but very invested in in the outcome of the games. Are, Are these issues, Wayne, that your organization looks at as well? I just want to say one thing about that because, I mean, I've got great empathy for parents because, you know, when you look at sort of the convergence of all that has happened, like we think by and large that this is the opportunity or this may be the opportunity to become a professional player and, oh my God, the the potential income that that could be, or this is a pathway to college. And, you know, what that may mean for many of those parents, again, well-meaning, there is that sense that, oh, so much is riding on my U9 and whether he or she is getting enough, enough playing time that ultimately will catapult him or her to that level. And so, again, I, I've got that 
appreciation for it. And that's why I come back to if, in fact, we begin to like really begin to get hey, what this thing is all about from a developmental perspective, and you're having those kind of conversations with your organizations, what kind of program is this? Is this a program that, hey, we, we can expect only the best kids to play? Is this a program where there's going to be development that's that's taking place? Like really getting clear about what the expectations are of that program such that there's not any mix up between parents and the folks that run programs. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing that too, I think, particularly when you get down to the, the, the very early levels, just the importance of parents, even as volunteers, just to coach. I think a lot of sports organizations, uh, youth sports organizations at that lowest level, entry level, that remains a challenge, just finding enough people who are willing to put the time in even to learn and be part of that. Because without, as we know, without coaches or particularly good trained coaches, the pathway can stop immediately if a, if a kid has a bad experience right off the bat with something. And again, many organizations are doing the best that they can do. Again, I again just draw on my own experience as uh, when my son was six, I went to sign him up for basketball. And as I was in line signing him up, someone grabbed me and said, hey, we need <laughs> you to be a coach. They did not know me from Adam, but they needed coaches. And the next week I was out on the floor coaching these young people. And, you know, again, people within the organization had no idea of who I was, what my background might have been, didn't do any background screening or any of that. All the kind of things that, again, when you're just looking to hey, make sure we're, we're making experiences for young people, may not necessarily be top yeah. of mind. One thing that we talked about in passing here, Wayne, you mentioned it, but we didn't talk about it at the front end. The week that we have our teams conference is also National Youth Sports Week. So let's just talk about that. That's a program that's been going on for quite a while. I think it speaks to the advocacy that your organization does and has done over the years. So let's just chat about that for a minute, about why that exists and, and the spotlight that you're looking to put out there as we approach that week here in October. Yeah, so many of the things that we've been talking about are really central to National Youth Sports Week. So essentially, the history of it is we've had National Youth Sports Week, and we've had a day in historically since 2013, where we would spend time on Capitol Hill making our case for the needs of youth sport organizations. And last year, for the first time, we really started to take a pivot and wanted to make this much more of a public-facing opportunity. And so we're super excited about National Youth Sports Week. The long and the short of it is it's, a, it's an opportunity to celebrate, it's an opportunity to educate, and it's an opportunity to motivate. So, you know, we want to engage all of the folks in the youth sports sector collectively because this really is about uh, collective impact. We want to engage them. So Youth Sports Week, again, will go... Uh, from October the 24th through the 29th. Each day will be themed, and the intention will be to draw particular attention and awareness to an issue. You know, so for example, on Tuesday will be Coaches Day, and the leading idea there is uh, twofold to train coaches and then also to uh, recognize coaches through a digital campaign. You know, Wednesday will be Health and Wellness Day. So again, focus on all things health and wellness with a particular focus on mental health. Thursday will be safety day. And again, uh, super excited to be working with our friends from uh, Sports Engine and the National Center for Safety Initiatives around pushing out this day and 
Again, we've got the safety seminar that's going out. There'll be a webinar. Friday will be Spirit Wear Day. And again, we'll be asking folks to uh, rock their favorite spirit way. And then Saturday is play day. And there are several things that are happening on that day. One of which is we'll be conducting a, a signature event in, uh, just outside of Atlanta. But we'll also be calling on uh, national governing bodies. And there are several that have committed thus far to open up their doors and to provide clinics and camps such that young people can then come participate, experience their sport, really get to that sport sampling opportunity. So really, it's the opportunity for all of us to celebrate together. It's the opportunity for folks to provide resources that youth sport organizations can participate, you know, that make a difference for them. And then it's an opportunity to engage and lift up our athletes, lift up our coaches, you know, lift up uh, our organizations. Yeah, well, I think that's just terrific, Wayne. I think the work that your organization is doing (laughs) is terrific. You know, we've hit on a number of themes here that we're going to go into more detail when we're with you in Oklahoma City at the Teams Conference. Uh, This is, as we said at the outset, a a topic that we could devote days and days to, it feels like. But uh, you guys have just done a terrific job uh, over the years. For those organizations that are listening, I would absolutely encourage you to go visit uh, the National Council of Youth Sports website, ncys.org. We'll get you there. If you're not currently a member, I think it's absolutely worth looking into. Wayne, the work that you and your team uh, is doing, I think is tremendous. and, And we know particularly at our level, just how important it is. As we said at the outset, everything I would argue really starts at that youth sports experience and and getting kids involved in a, a lifetime of activity and the benefit that sports can bring to them, whether they have ambitions to ascend to the top level or uh, just have a fun time playing whatever it is that they do. So it has been uh, just terrific to chat with you for a while today, Wayne. And uh, we're absolutely looking forward to partnering with you and to expanding on some of these issues when we're with you in just a few weeks uh, at our Teams conference. So uh, thanks so much for your time today, Wayne, and and for all the work that you guys are doing, important work at the youth sports level. Well, listen, thank you. I appreciate the kind remarks, but I also appreciate you having, you know, having me on. And at the end of the day, This really is a collective effort. None of us can do this on our own. And it is through opportunities like we have here where we get together, partner, begin to leverage up our assets that ultimately make the biggest difference for young people. So that's what I'm excited about. So I'm looking forward to our engagement in the future. And I'm looking forward to being in OKC. I've never been to OKC. Oh, you're going you're gonna to love it. And we're going to have a great time down there. So uh, more information on Teams at teamsconference.com. Wayne Moss with the National Council of Youth Sports, thanks again for your time and looking forward to more conversations like this. We need to have you on on a more regular basis and just kind of check in with the work that you guys are doing. Hey, thanks so much. Appreciate you. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features regularly updated breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports events industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at sportstravel on Twitter and Instagram, and at sportstravelmagazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Jason Gowers for Sports Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.